This podcast is sponsored by Xgrowth. Xgrowth is the APAC ABM agency. If you and your organization are looking to land and expand enterprise mid-market deals, Xgrowth is the agency to help. Xgrowth works with a wide range of international and global technology vendors, service providers, and B2B SaaS companies. If this sounds like some of your interests to know more about, make sure to check out Xgrowth at xgrowth.com.au. That's xgrowth.com.au and chat with the APAC ABM agency. What's up, marketers, and welcome to another episode of the Growth Colony Podcast. I'm Liza from Xgrowth to tell you that each episode we bring in B2B leaders to chat about how you can achieve those everyday wins in the marketing world. Whether you're new to the B2B game, working at a leadership level, or even just showing some interest, we know you'll love the episode. So grab a drink, get comfy, and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode. I'm Shaheen Hoda with X-Growth. And today I'm talking to Jessica Turnbull, Director of Marketing Communications at Sendle. We're going to be talking about everything product marketing. I'm really excited to dive in and better understand how product marketing is integrated in Sendle and what are some of the objectives that Jessica and team have from a product marketing perspective for the company. On that note, let's dive in. Jessica, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Shaheen. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm really excited to uh, to have this conversation. I think, you know, product marketing is a area, especially in the APAC region. I think overall it's one of the er- one of the youngest kind of areas in especially SaaS and, and B2B, but it's also an area that I don't think we get exposed to it as much in the APAC region because most of the product marketing happens HQ. So if you are an organization who, you know, your your HQ is the US or UK, usually you might be talking to them, but you really are not in that product marketing world. So I'm really ex- excited to talk about this. Awesome. Me too. What, Me too. what, yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's go to basics, right? And the first question I want to ask you is why do companies need product marketing? Like where does this area come in? Sure. Yeah. Well, for me, the product marketing paradigm is about ensuring happy customers. And we know that happy customers equate to increased acquisition and retention. So in terms of product marketing, what it does is it defines the positioning, value proposition and messaging of a product. They educate and create tools to ensure salespeople and external customers understand the product that is being brought to market. Product marketing does live in both the B2C and B2B world. However, some may argue that product marketing is more important in B2B as the buying processes are typically more complex. There are more decision makers involved. For example, you know, in an enterprise you'll have or mid-market you'll have a buying committee and the products and solutions are typically more complex. And so the role of the product marketing function is to translate complicated products, solutions, technology into simple messaging for customers to understand. And so in my role at Sendle and many other roles that I've been in that have focused on B2B strategies, 
what I've seen or what in my mind are the five key benefits that are derived from product marketing. So I'll quickly run through those. The first one is around reduced customer acquisition costs, so CAC. When the product itself is driving sales, customers promote the product for you organically. That that can be through word of mouth or built-in referral mechanisms by inviting a team member or friend or sharing value on social networks. And this obviously leads to a compounding effect. The second benefit that I see that's derived from product marketing is increased retention and lower churn rates. So, and, and that's driven by a low to no human touch. So customers are more likely to self-onboard, a, a much faster sales cycle, and customer support teams can tailor their efforts to upsell, actively engage customers and troubleshoot for those who are most likely to leave. The third benefit I see is around improved customer experience. There is no wait time to experience the product. There's no curated demo and sales pitch as they have experienced it prior to chatting with sales or are happy to onboard themselves, as I mentioned earlier. And this helps reduce any friction in the buying process. The fourth benefit is around differentiation and defensibility. And in a competitive market, the best customer experience wins. Product-led growth allows you to disrupt the category you're in and build uh, a really strong moat around your brand. You can increase your business organically without a huge advertising budget or a sales team that is constantly working the phones. And the last key benefit that's derived from product marketing is that it drives demand from your buyers. So you understand your customers' needs and pain points up front, and therefore you can build the product to meet their requirements. Sales can focus on genuine leads and no marketing tactic works better than a great product. So for me, product-led growth or organizations that adopt that deliver a better experience for users and deliver higher satisfaction levels in existing customers. And this in turn drives more revenue for the business. I love it. I love it. So reducing CAC, retention, customer experience, defensibility, and and really increasing that demand for for buyers. I mean, that's a that's kind of great summary. And and it's interesting you you, you talked about kind of product led growth. Where do you see product marketing and PLG as kind of inter- interchangeable terms, or you see product marketing? being the main driver of PLG, how do you see the connection between the two? I think product-led growth doesn't just belong to product marketing. If you have a look at where product marketing operates, it's at the center of product marketing, sales, and customer success teams. So it's not just a marketing initiative, it needs to be adopted by the throughout the whole organization. So I wouldn't say they're interchangeable. I think product marketing drives demand for for the actual product, but product-led growth is an initiative that needs to be, you know, adopted through the whole organization, endorsed by the leadership team or have, have an executive sponsor at the least to drive that, mm. to drive that narrative. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. And, and where does, when, when we're looking at, when you're looking at product marketing at Sendle, where does that sit in kind of Sendle's organizational hierarchy? So it's very interesting where it sits currently at Sendle is that, and so, sorry, let me start. The one thing that's become clear to me since joining Sendle is the importance of dedicated product marketing. And so we don't have a specific product 
marketing team at this point in time, but we have a go-to-market team and that sits within the marketing team currently. But it's something that I'll be prioritizing in my team moving forward. Uh, We have James Chin Moody, who is our CEO, who is the executive sponsor. He's behind, you know, and, and very supportive of this product marketing focus. But yeah, currently we don't have a dedicated team, but it's something we're looking to explore. Got it. But but it seems like that's right now it's being driven by the GTM team. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. Interesting. And and what are some of the other responsibilities that kind of for now sits under the GTM team? So there is a little bit crossover, a little bit of a crossover between product marketing and product development, but they do not have the same responsibilities. So, and I'll just, you know, clarify that product managers focus mostly on building the product in response to the needs of the customer and achieving product market fit, while product marketers focus more on driving demand and product usage. So what they, a product marketer needs to do or a go-to-market lead needs to do is really dive into the insights, you know, behind the products. What does product adoption look like if it's an existing product? Who's actually using it? You know, what does the revenue look like from that specific product? And then, you know, going even deeper into margins and understanding the usage of that. So that's, and that's a ongoing thing. Product marketing is responsible for the voice of customer as well. So they really need to understand the, the data, and they, but they also need to speak to customers day in, day out, which actually we do at Sendal across a number of different departments. We're very customer centric. And then they need to translate those insights into into campaigns, into, you know, product marketing, et cetera. A couple of the, you know, responsibilities they'll have in building out a go-to-market strategy. So they'll identify the business objectives for that specific product. The target audience is critical and they'll, you know, get a really good understanding of that through both the, the you know, the data that they're analysing and the customers that they're talking to. So they'll understand the target customers and markets, the differentiated offerings a key. So what differentiates this product compared to say, you know, our competitors out there? Where What are the channels that we want to amplify this product in? And then off the back of that, we'll work together to identify the marketing strategies, the key metrics that marketing will drive and the key success factors. Love it. Got it. Got it. That makes sense. You talked about customer feedback and getting insights from customers. I want to dive a little bit deeper in that and better understand how do you how do you go and for, first of all where does that come in yep at sendel and my second question the follow-up question to that is how do you actually go about capturing that sure so at sendel the as I mentioned, the customer is at the heart of everything we do. And we're constantly seeking feedback from our customers across various teams and at various points of their customer journey. So from a marketing perspective, we're speaking to customers sometimes daily, but very regularly. The product team are also speaking to customers. You've also got, you know, obviously the customer support team, everyone at Sendor at some point are talking to our customers, which can get a little bit, you know, (laughs) confusing, but we have set up, you know, some tools around um, Miro to identify who's talking to which customer, you know, and and often I did a customer interview the other day and we were talking about the delivery experience and there was something that that specific customer mentioned and I passed it on to the product team to explore further. So we have a cross-functional group in that sense. But in terms of how we capture 
customer feedback at Sendal. We have several Slack channels set up which capture customer feedback and sentiment in real time, including MPS. So we can see every MPS score that comes in at any point. We're also constantly analysing and implementing measures in regards to key health metrics for the business in brand. So in terms of our OKRs and our daily reporting, we'll, we'll see feedback in terms of customer satisfaction and MPS. We also do regular customer and product surveys, which I love as it helps the team and I identify which products have great product market fit and where we could do better. We also are present um, at Sendal across review sites globally, which is another great source for customer feedback, you know, thinking of product review, site jabber, etc. The team, as I mentioned, the team and I also regularly speak to customers, um, but, you know, it, what it really helps us identify uh, or inform actually is the brand, our customer segmentation and helps us develop new campaigns. As there are many touch points across the business, we're also in the process of formalizing and building out our customer advisory board. It's been up and running in the US for some time and there's been some great success from having a regular dialogue with customers there to help inform product development and go-to-market messaging and we're looking to uh, replicate that in Australia. And I personally love reading feedback from our customers and there are a lot of customers that love Sendle and are willing to share insights to help us enhance our business as well as theirs. Jessica, can you unpack the customer advisory board a little bit more? I'm, I'm, I'm interested to, to, to better understand, like, how does, that, how does that look like? Is that from, from acquisition and the type of activities that you might run with a customer advisory board? Yeah, so the customer advisory board has been set up based on our segmentation and our high value customers. So off the back of that, we've then approached, uh, or in the US, they've then approached the customers that fit within our high value customer set. At the moment, we have uh, a handful of customers uh, that sit on that and, and and then we have different representatives. It's driven by the product team, but marketing can get involved, our network team, etc. And we meet with them on a regular basis to get their feedback on what we on what they love about Sandal and what we could do better. And so that's a monthly check-in. And we also run specific initiatives by them, you know campaigns. We also actually off the back of these conversations, we we also, you know, leverage our customers in our campaigns because a customer, what better way to promote your product than via a customer that loves it? And so you may have seen a lot of activity that we're running recently in Australia with Sydney Sock Project, which is one of our one of the great brands that uses Sendor and a great advocate for us. So yeah, we've had really good success with it in the US. And as I mentioned, we're building that out in Australia at the moment. Got it. Got it. Very interesting. Very interesting. And and I, that was kind of my next question of from a product marketing perspective, how does that kind of get into the company's communication, the ad, the content? And I feel like you've touched on that where you kind of incorporate some of those customer messages. But is there is there anything else over there that we can unpack? Yeah, so I think I mentioned, as I mentioned earlier, you need to start with analyzing the customer feedback and the data in your business to ascertain whether the product you are looking to promote has good product market fit. 
So if it's an existing product, what's the product adoption been like? Who is using it? What does the revenue and margin look like for the product? And this is something that we've recently done at Sandal for our 250 grams product, which we're coining as, well, which is Australia's cheapest parcel. And so we've got a campaign that's been running for the last couple of months. And and so obviously we've got all of those insights around the 250 grams product, which is unique in the Australian market. And then we've built out a go-to-market plan off the back of that, which I mentioned earlier includes the business objectives for 250 grams, What's who's the target audience, uh, sorry, target market and the target customers? What are the differentiated offerings? So no one else in, in market currently has a 250 grams weight break, which is great. And then off the back of that, we built out the channels that we wanted to promote this in. So, and, and you know, what are the marketing strategies and the key metrics and success factors for the 250 grams? So we, we've done this with 250 grams and we've leveraged it across our earn channels. So we've recently had a number of, you know, a a big amount of media coverage across the Australian and all the um, affiliated titles. uh, And we're looking to, you know, build on that further. We also launched a paid campaign where we trialed for the first time in in a little while, you know, Facebook um, and YouTube, that that, uh, brand, those brand building channels. And we also, uh, you know, used LinkedIn for the first time and tested out specific messaging across those channels. And then from an own perspective, we've, you know, optimized our website a lot around 250 grams. You know, we've created blogs, we've leveraged Sydney Sock Project as our hero uh, customer for 250 grams. And yeah, we're, we're having so much fun with that. We've only just gotten started. And I think, you know, the, the messages that we've tested out across the different channels, um, the one that's really sort of resonated is, you know, how we can save money for small businesses in such a tough economic climate. And so, you know, Sydney Stock Project have happily, you know, shared that they're, they're saving $8,000 a year by switching their business to Sendor. Yeah, and the other thing uh, that's super important with with product marketing that it isn't a set and forget. I've seen this happen before, where we've you know you've launched a campaign, it's gone for six weeks or a couple of months, and then it just tapers off. But we'll, we're we're going to continue pushing two hundred and fifty grams ongoing for now. Man, two hundred and fifty grams all the way. I love yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. That's uh, it's 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 such a strong messaging it makes an impression and it's hard to forget I, I i love it and 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 you kind of driving it through multiple different channels that's that's great that's great okay last question i want to ask you on, on on product marketing is what is your advice for someone who's looking to build their product marketing team and function as uh, i know you're kind of going through this and you probably halfway halfway through like making that a reality in terms of like having a proper department or, or marketing team allocated to that. But what is what is your advice for, for people who are in a little bit of an earlier stage and looking at building that, that function out for the company? Yeah. So as I mentioned, product marketing is a personal passion of mine and I've been working closely with our go-to-market team, which is fairly new. And, but now more than ever, it's something that I'll be prioritizing in my team. So first things first, if you don't have a product marketing manager in the business, which to your point earlier, they can often sit off, you know, overseas in headquarters and that, appoint someone that owns go-to-market. And 
make sure that it is part of their job description and is a role and responsibility for them and, and it is baked into the OKRs or whatever goals that you use in the organisation, but also make sure that you have an executive sponsor to push it through to the wider organisation. It isn't just a marketing initiative. You need to have buy-in from, you know, product to support to sales to you know the CTO even so make sure that it's widely adopted by the organization then in terms of the more tactical parts to this role you need to understand your customers better you need to agree and develop and agree on buyer personas And, and that's through all of the that rich customer information that you have whether it's qualitative data or quantitative analysis. So interview your customers as much as you can. Surprisingly, they'll want to talk to you because they want to improve their business and they want you to improve your business as well. Make sure that this, whoever's in this role learns about your competitors, not only the products, but the marketing tactics that they're leveraging so that you can really identify the differentiated offering for your business. Ensure that the marketing product and sales team are all on the same page. There's no point someone in marketing building this out and then they take it to sales and it flops. This role will need to develop a go-to-market plan and position the product appropriately in the market, which will help boost revenue and improve sales. And the biggest key takeout for, for this is don't let this be a set and forget. So product marketing is a continual effort. And just because you may have great product market fit now, doesn't mean that in six months time, you will have that. So, you know, my biggest piece of advice is keep analyzing the trends and data. That's a great advice. And, and especially the one that you said, if you have product market fit today, that doesn't mean that if you kind of leave it on its own, that's going to maintain at that fit at a later point. And uh, I've definitely been in that position where that is felt across the company. And sometimes people don't know what's happening because uh, you, you you really need to have a good grasp of what is what is happening in the market to be able to identify that. So thanks for, for pointing that out. I want to ask some rapid fire questions Jessica, before sure. we dive into that, is there anything else on the on the product marketing and everything that we talked about that you think we maybe didn't touch on or it's important for us to uh, cover or I didn't ask? No, I think, you know, I think the, the biggest takeout is that a product marketer and, and that may not be, you know, readily available to to people in startup or in specific organizations, but a go-to-market owner must be empowered to be effective and product marketing needs to be implemented thoughtfully into an organization. And and I think that's that's the biggest takeout for me. And I've I've been in organizations where, you know, it has worked and and I've been in some that haven't. But yeah, it, it's a it's a constant it's a constant push and yeah, it needs to be embraced by everyone. Got it. Have you read the State of ABM and APAC report yet? If you have, you'll know that 59% of marketing leaders are intending to increase their ABM investment in the coming year. Even bigger news is 0% of survey respondents are going to decrease their investment. It's an exciting time for ABM in the region. Discover the state of account-based marketing in APAC today. Download the full report at abm.xgrowth.com.au forward slash report. That's abm.xgrowth.com forward slash report. Okay, let's do some rapid fire questions. Sure. 
first question is what is one resource this could be a talk it could be a podcast it could be a, a linkedin social post or it could be a tiktok short video or a book whatever it is that has had a profound impact on the way you work and live yeah so i think tying it back to this conversation product marketing debunked um which was which is written by yasmin tarahi it's the essential go-to-market guide. And I remember when um, I first heard the term, you know, around go-to-market in, in my early marketing career. And yeah, it's it's really sort of helped me. I, you know, use different frameworks from different places essentially, but I love this book as it takes unformed concepts and ideas and demonstrates how to create a proper strategy and go-to-market plan for commercializing a product. And it's very extremely useful, this book for B2B, but it can also be applied to B2C companies as well. And you can use the framework as a starting point and you can then add and remove things that make more sense for your industry and growth stage. And it comes with a complete checklist and other tested frameworks that every company or entrepreneur should use before launching a product. Great, great piece of advice. Okay, question number two is if you could only give one one advice to B2B marketers, what would it be? Okay, so my biggest piece of advice is align, align, align. And that's around sales and marketing. And misalignment between the two is the number one reason why an organization's annual revenue uh, revenue stagnates or worse declines. And it's a long-term strategy, but there's a really great case study, which I can share with you, which outlines eight steps to get aligned and how it was used to increase revenue by 34% for this business. And failure to align sales and marketing teams is ultimately leads to wasted budget and resources as up to around, I think, 65% of B2B content is not being used and close to 75% of marketing leads never convert into a sale. And there's one uh, stat that I wanted to share from the CMO's agenda report, which was produced by the Aberdeen Group. But what that found was that by successfully aligning sales and marketing, you can generate 32% higher revenue, retain 36% more customers and achieve 38% higher win rates. And and the research I love also talks to higher brand awareness and an increase in average deal size by aligning the two. And it's something that I'm really passionate about. I work very closely at Sendor with our sales director. He's fantastic. And yeah, that's my biggest piece of advice for B2B marketers. That's awesome. Align, align, align. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Love it. Who are some of the some of the kind of thought leaders and maybe influencers? I know those terms have also some negative connotations, but but people that you kind of look to or you go to to get advice on on sales and marketing in the sales and marketing space? So the biggest influencer for me is Mark Ritson. I'm sure you've heard of Mark Ritson, of but course. He's, yeah. Of course. <laughs> so I was um I did the mini MBA last year in brand management, which was fantastic. Obviously, Mark Ritson is a former marketing pr- professor. He's got a PhD in marketing, and he also works as an international brand consultant. But yeah, like I said, I was fortunate fortunate enough to do the mini MBA, and yeah, got some really great learnings from Mark, and obviously from his network as well. So I often keep an eye on what he's doing or what he's what he's recommending. Last question. Yeah. Jessica, what's something that excites you about B2B today? 
Look, the thing that excites me the most is marketing automation and the endless possibilities around CRM. So at Senderwee's HubSpot, and I'm constantly going in there and finding new features or <laughs> new opportunities. And, and something specifically that excites me around HubSpot is the great attribution reporting that we're, we're leveraging at Sandor and which is really helping inform our customer personas and other work. Jessica, this has been a great conversation. I think you've shed so much light on product marketing as a whole and a lot of actionable tactics insights and uh and advice so just want to say thank you so much for coming on the podcast if somebody wants to kind of reach out and know more what's uh, what's the best way for them to um to to find out more about you or sendle linkedin's the best way okay okay so hit uh jessica up on linkedin yeah and uh and we go from there but jessica again thanks so much for coming on the podcast and for your time thank you so much for having me shaheen it was it was awesome thank you Today's episode of Growth Colony was produced by Alexander Hipwell and Liza Maywald. It was edited by Dave Semedo with additional editing by Liza Maywald and music arrangement by Alexander and Liza. Special thanks to Tina Wabe. We couldn't make the show without you. Growth Colony is hosted by Shaheen Hoda, Director of Growth at Xgrowth. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe and give us a rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Do you think you'd be a great guest or just keen for a chat? Send through an email at podcast at xgrowth.com.au. That's podcast at xgrowth.com.au. That's all for now. We'll catch you next week right here on Growth Colony.